0: All right, Matt Ray, have you heard this week? There's been uh, incredible news about Facebook. And uh, in preparation uh, for the show, I did uh, extra research. I figured the best way for us to understand this uh, potential crisis was to uh, review your Facebook page. So I have done that. And I have selected uh, two posts that I think – because this would be helpful for the, uh, the listeners to understand what data – uh, Facebook may have either leaked or breached, depending on who you talk to. So, what advertisers may potentially know about you? About me? Uh, now that you yeah, about you specifically. So, <laughs> I have, I found the, I found the two things that I think people want to know about your Facebook page. Oh, this so, is
1: wonderful because, yeah, I actually, so, I actually think, I think I've been proactive about locking down permissions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. um i rarely post much of that's right actual doing, this, content.
0: Is, this is what i'm calling this is a real-time security audit of oh, uh, oh, of, of your situation and of course the first thing i had to do was to confirm that we are actually uh facebook friends because uh <laughs> we don't uh we don't actually uh you know we don't uh facebook uh together much so Not luckily much. we we were friends and i okay. didn't have to uh resort to any chicanery I, I, to I like get to access
1: friends. yeah
0: yeah, we're, not only are we friends in real life, but we're friends on Facebook. <laughs> All right, so the two posts that I think are uh, very important for us to reveal and okay. discuss this. First, there's a picture of like a prehistoric looking snake. Like it's so big that it looks Photoshopped or it looks to be like another species of animal that I, I didn't even know exists. So is this an, actually a snake? And why is it posted on Boy. your Facebook wall?
1: Is this in the show notes? Uh, like no, no.
0: This is no. This is real time. This is from John uh, McRae. He uh, he posted. He says it basically is telling you, Matt Ray. This is this is what I'm talking about, and this it's is, a giant giant
1: snake. See, so this is the key to how Facebook gets you. I have no idea where this is. Apparently, uh-huh. <laughs> is this is this on my my marketplace on my wall? This is
0: on your wall. This is on your timeline. I'm looking at your oh, timeline okay. as we it speak. Is. It's, and it's, I don't, like, what is it?
1: Um. So that is a, uh, looks like a Python in, probably in Queensland. Uh, yeah, it says taken in Cardwell, Queensland. So like, so I have a, a you know, a, a fair number of, of friends who are like, anytime they see something horrifying about Australia, they have to let me know.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> and well, and I, you know what? There's a lot of horrifying things, but, you know, yeah, it's it looks like uh probably about a 20 25 foot python or oh
0: you know. oh easily. I and not only that, it has its like head like kind of prop, <laughs> propped up like I don't it's, know much it's about like snakes a but,
1: legless, but a Loch Ness sea monster.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it looks like it could strike at any moment. So Yeah, yes. okay. so so
1: advertisers from this they're going to dis- No, no, hold
0: on. No, we will get we're going to get to like we're getting to your advertising profile. Don't jump ahead don't jump ahead so that was one thing the okay. other picture we won't re- we will not really spending time on it i'll just say your son looks like he's having a great time at school and he looks very good in his uh what i assume to be his australian school, school uniform, uniform. So the, best it looks part, great.
1: the best part about this picture we can put we'll put both these photos in the in the show notes you know he he's smiling he's smiling because he just got his braces off he's excited about that it's t- mm-hmm. tie's a little crooked but if you look in the bottom left of the photo, there's my dog's butt.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. You know what? I did not. And it is actually a, like it's a, a prominent <laughs> shot of the butt as well. I didn't notice that till you put it out. Well, that actually works well into the theme. So I wasn't going to talk much about this other than to wow. say he, wow. he looks very good. The so then, the, the, yeah, the final thing that we're going to review in your Facebook feed is uh, something that was uh, – you. It looks like you shared it from the sunshine coast daily video. Make sure we get that in. Mm. And it's a cyclist. Who's just like, you know, just a normal cyclist. Looks like they're just like biking down uh, a nice, like a uh, very open, uh, a, a roadway. It looks, it looks honestly, it looks picturesque. It looks like something I would want to do, but then suddenly out of nowhere, it's like a kangaroo is like teleported in and like just destroys the cyclist. Yes. Um, is that one accurate description? And like, like, what is going on? What, like, where is this from? And this, and is that, because the animal looks like literally he's jumping seven feet in the air. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so literally my Facebook feed is mostly just um, photos of, that I've taken because I'm too lazy to get on Instagram or Snapchat or any of those things. Uh, it's things from Australia. In this case, um, you know, someone sent me a link of, uh, you know, bicyclists getting knocked over by um, uh, by kangaroos and, uh, yeah, the occasional, yeah, that, that's, that's about it. I, I, I have purposely kind of, you know, Facebook is just full of noise and well, let's review. Let's now
0: yes. understand like, what is the advertiser profile? So in the cohort <laughs> of advertisers, this is what we could say. We know you live in Australia. Mm-hmm. We know that you have a, you know, a son here, a nine-year-old son. And then you have a fascination with uh, what I would call just like <laughs> giant weird animals. So yes. I can only imagine what your Facebook ads must be like. Is it like pet food? Is it like <sighs> safari tour? Is it just like exterminators? Uh, I, I wonder how highly sought after your cohort is when they're well, doing this yeah. micro targeting.
1: So, so the key is I've actually gone into the security and privacy settings. Like mm-hmm. proactively, and I just anytime it's like we think you would like to see more of this I'm like, nope, nope nope <laughs> nope, and it doesn't matter what it is, and so I get just very generic ads because I actively refuse to be targeted, um, which is a hassle, and I also have a lot of my like privacy settings you know tuned down I guess to to friends only or you know and, and stuff like that um, and you know, I've mostly stopped going to Facebook, except, uh, you know, a little bit of messenger stuff, um, you know, for, you know, f- friends who are using Facebook and want to get a hold of me. Uh, but, but the, the, the key is, you know, you have to go into like the ads and the ad setting. Let, let me cl- click on ads real quick and, and see, um, things that they're trying to target me, my interest. Okay. My interest, uh, DevOps, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Airbnb, um, Lyft, uh, PTA, audible.com, Alamo Drafthouse, Instagram. And again, like I don't use, I haven't used, I've used Lyft maybe three or four times in my life. Uh, I don't know if I'm in the PTA. (laughs) They're they're trying hard. They're trying hard. Um, Advertisers I've interacted with uh oh this is interesting I have no idea who any of these companies are
0: oh Um, so they're out there your data is out there you just don't know it
1: yeah so so uh, I've interacted with Best Buy um Vons which is a grocery store chain on the east coast I only know that because I live there but I haven't been to a Vons in probably 30 years uh or is that west coast I don't know right I think it's Um, west coast a bunch of companies I don't know about, but apparently Uber is trying to get to me because there's three different Uber companies here. Um, So yeah, people are trying to get a hold of me, and they can see that I'm I'm oh oh it's all recruiters after that. So <laughs> go back to LinkedIn, people. That's um, right. Get yeah. off my Facebook. But, but yeah, I think so-
0: that it is kind of good though, because I mean, I was trying to think about a lot about like there's so much being talked about by Facebook, and it's like. So I, I would give you, and I think what what I wanted to do there, and you kind of, you know, obviously went through it. It's like probably the most important thing is just for everyone to do what Matt Ray just did, like spend some time clicking through, you know, and they'll show you this in Facebook, like what what information, what advertisers you've interacted with and what information they're seeing. Because that's well, yeah. probably the most important. Just to know, just like know what's going on. Not that you necessarily have to do anything. Like everyone's like, there's like this whole delete Facebook, which is fine. If you want to delete it, delete it. But yeah, I, mean, I also so. think you could, a very calm response here is just simply to understand like what what's actually happening.
1: No, no. I'm actually actively undermining a lot of advertising networks. So I have... I have- <laughs> I have, uh, so, so on the Google side of things, you can go into your settings and you can see your advertising profile and they'll let you adjust it. Yes. And so what I have set is that I am a 68 year old Pakistani woman.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. You're going like a whole nother level here. You're going, oh,
1: oh, oh, I'm not done. I'm not done. Uh-huh. Um, there I, I've got, I've got like uh privacy badger, open SSL everywhere. Um, Uh, track me not, which this is a a fun browser plugin. Um, we'll have to put this in the show notes. Uh, what track me not does is every five seconds it puts in a Google search off of random, and so they can't build a profile up against me because I'm just filling their algorithm with junk with noise. Okay. Um, so you know, I'll you know, it's like, and, and what's funny is you can watch it make searches. Um, so it's like, uh, cnet netflix google i mean these are just random searches coming across the wire southwest airlines um and it just and it. it's not just google it plugs into all the search engines and just fills their algorithms with noise, with noise. samsung galaxy s9 versus s9 plus lawler and mm-hmm. Gadget, right, right.
0: so just- now listen you're Matt right, as normal you're going well <laughs> beyond what the normal what we expect of the normal person so this is this is what i'm going to come back to it's like one, just log in and understand what people are sharing, what information Facebook has shared about you. That's like step one for everyone. Yeah. Step two is fine. If you don't like it and you don't want to use it, it's fine. Delete it, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, as we always say, you know, you got to have all your 2FA, all that needs to be set up. But I think beyond that, I think, you know, I'm going to give the uh, like the cold take on Facebook. It's like, guys, there is a lot of information. Putting aside Facebook, there are like entire companies that have been collecting information about consumers for a very long time. If you would like to read and understand like the history of this, go get the book, The Attention Merchants. They will walk you through like from like the first written word to like the book to radio to TV and kind of explain how this all happened. Then of course, there's like these offline partners that already collect all this data and they resell it. So this is not new, right? This is not right. like, hey, this is not new. Now, that being said, Facebook has clearly, clearly made some missteps, right? Like, it is fine to hate them or be upset with them for, you know, really having a lax policy and maybe not even, to a certain degree, not even understanding what business they're in. But I don't, I think we could stop short of saying that Facebook is the reason that, uh, All these things are happening and all these political events are happening, whether you like that or not. I think that that part is like way, way overblown, right? And I think uh, there's a lot of uh, news and a lot of people talking about it. So uh, I guess in preparation for this fiasco, this uh, (laughs) Facebook news, uh, Kote and I clearly knew this was going to happen. So that's why we did an entire podcast where we reviewed uh, the book by Scott Galloway. It's called The Four. So if you want, it's in the show notes. You can go back. And you can listen to Kote and I talk about kind of like uh, review the book of the four, which is like, you know, Fang, uh, Facebook, Amazon netflix and google and kind of like you know give a more nuanced take on how like scott galloway um is writing about them And of course you know like the you have to remember like facebook's done a lot of bad stuff but there's a whole set of pundits like scott galloway who are like this is the most perfect day of their life because they're just on news <laughs> channel after news channel saying i told you so and i told you so and so they have an agenda too so right. so the cold take is like read a little history log into your facebook Adjust your privacy settings. And then of course, you know, listen to Kote and I pontificate uh about how everyone should uh just be thinking more about this in general. So that that's that's my homework for everybody. So <laughs> yeah. And uh more importantly, by now everyone has noticed that uh Kote is not on. So because we are not just a technology pad- podcast, at this point we're covering world events all over the world yes. evidently uh in my deep preparation from this as well there's a strike in france uh that where cote is he was uh visiting some customers and doing some talking as he's prone to do he's in paris oh, but in uh America. as far as i know um i don't really know anything about this but other than to say that there's uh the strikers are, are they disrupting the railway and the uh, airports so Hopefully everything's good there. I think his flight was canceled today, but he'll uh, be flying back tomorrow. Which yep. brings me to ask this question, Matt, right? You're, you're a pretty avid traveler, whether you yep, like yep. that or not. But like, what do you do when you get the, the you know, you got to stay the extra day, which is like the worst. You're like, oh God, I had plans, but I don't. Yeah. Like, are you um, adventurous? Do you like go out and like do stuff? Do you stay by the hotel? Like, like what do you do with the unintended day in a, a weird country?
1: We're not a weird country,
0: a different country.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it, well, if I can, yeah, I'm gonna go out and do stuff. Uh, DevOps Days Jakarta is coming up. Um, I had planned on throwing an extra day in for for some sightseeing, but then uh, turns out the direct flights are back are only on weekdays, so I'm I'm coming back on on the Friday. But you know, I will find some time to go and see uh, some of Jakarta while I'm there. But if I were to ha- be delayed, you know, yeah, um got to get a good night's sleep still. But, uh, it, you know, if I can get out, if I have, you know, two or three hours, I will try to, you know, just hit up. Um, I mean, I do, I, I, I do touristy things. I, you know, there's a reason, you know, there's a reason tourists see the sites. It's like, <laughs> that's what you do. Right. If, if somebody comes to Sydney, I'm going to be like, yeah, go to the beach, see the Harbor bridge, see the opera house, you know, see the things that make places famous. Um, I'm not, you know, snooty about it. Right. Uh, so I, I try to go out and do things if I'm somewhere new. So you know, and, and try to carve out time if I can. Um, I don't actually get delayed that often. Um, one of the things about my travel is like I I never held much airline loyalty, so I would always fly direct rather than you know route myself through where I might miss a connection. Um, there's not a lot of anything but direct from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, right? yeah. So it's, it's, you know, you know, inside the country it's, you know, Sydney to the wherever and Sydney's a, a massive hub. Right. So everything kind of goes through here. So I don't have, you know, I did have a flight last year that went through Sri Lanka and, um, Oh God, a Kuala Lumpur. Uh, but it was okay. You know, um, I didn't miss anything. So I don't actually miss that many connections. So knock on wood, um, well, so far so good but all right
0: well yeah. that just means you're gonna be like stuck no, in so you know, for like yeah. for three weeks after saying that. yeah i'll say i mean i i tend not i always think i should be more adventurous than i am like i can kind of get there but then i i kind of like sit, you know stay closer to the hotel and stuff like that i will say like back to your tourist thing thing it's like the worst thing to do but i kind of like sometimes like the bus tour like when you don't know where oh, you are yeah. and it's like you just want to see everything and it's like you just like get on the bus and they just drive you around. And of course it's like overpriced and, you know, they don't necessarily do it, but it's just like, it's just very, I guess it's one of those things that's very self-contained and easy. And you're like, well, at least I saw the major stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm all for that. Even though I know like, like frequent travelers would be like, oh, there's all these books about like, you know, get into the suburbs and like go live like somebody that's a resident of the city. And yeah, but I think
1: only got like two days or something, you know, you want to be like, I saw this stuff in Singapore. Right. That's right.
0: Yeah. So that's important. So yes. So important thing. Like don't, be, I think that's a recommendation. Don't be afraid to be a tourist. <laughs> be a tourist. Own it.
1: So. Own it. Lean into it.
0: Okay. Um. All right. Well, there was uh, some, actually some other news, not yeah, like, real news. events. Like, like believe it or not. Uh, the, I think the biggest news in the enterprise IT world was uh, Salesforce uh, officially bought, um, mule soft so it was actually kind of funny in uh the software defined talk slack which you can of course join by going to software defined talk.com um i think you were the one doing it matt ray right? you were like first you posted an article like salesforce report- reportedly in talks to buy mule soft and then it was like four hours later it was like salesforce agrees to buy mule i was like wow <laughs> like, that was quick because yeah. i didn't uh, i don't necessarily follow Salesforce as like as closely no. as maybe the other stuff. But uh I, you know, I just think it's interesting. Like I didn't I had not heard much of the rumor or speculation here. So uh the thing that's probably like most noteworthy is just the size of the deal. It was, I guess, reported to be six point five billion, which is by far, I think it's uh Salesforce's only other acquisition or of that size was like two billion dollars. So let's say it's three times the biggest thing they've ever bought. So you know I guess. What's your take? Like, do you know any idea? Like, why why they picked up Mulesoft?
1: Um, they they you know they picked it up because Mulesoft. Um, I mean, I knew them for like their uh, uh, their ESB product, which is like a, a you know a cloud bus kind of a, a you know a message bus kind of thing. But they also have a, an API integration product, and so you know as we've talked about previously, you know that's that's a hot space, I guess. Um, you know, having, having, you know, one place you go for your APIs uh, to connect to, you know, various endpoints and track and all that stuff. Because, um, I mean, Google p- picked, up, uh,
0: Apogee, Apogee. Right? Yeah, yeah, picked up. Apogee, right? Yeah,
1: for For a lot last year or yeah whatever
0: that was so it was about 10 times less right as i looked it up before it's about 600 million i think is what what it okay. was so this is about and obviously Apogee's quite a bit smaller i mean as revenue so it you know the biggest thing i thought about it was because you know they had the api stuff and then they had the ESB, right which i think are like well known like use cases i don't think any of those were like you know that i don't know if anyone would call those as like like the newest technology or like poised for like hyper growth. But I think it's Salesforce kind of making a play to be more like an ERP mm-hmm. kind of system than a CRM. Cause one of the articles I read, I think did a good job saying that Salesforce has really dominated CRM. Right. And I think that's generally true. I think most places you go are going to oh, yeah. use Salesforce, right. In one way or the other. And I think this is just, you know, they want to continue to grow at the rates they've been growing they clearly look, it looks like they're trying to diversify into just totally different areas. Cause I didn't see any, I mean there is integration with Salesforce, but it didn't feel like MuleSoft was necessarily like completing a feature set for Salesforce. It felt like it was really a different business.
1: Yeah. Like they're, they're easing into, you know, easing into more of the stuff that is sitting inside the enterprise to pull it into the cloud. And, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, Salesforce and, and MuleSoft are kind of, a lot of the stuff we talk about generally is cloud infrastructure, you know, sorts of companies, you know, your IS and, and, but, the, and it's always this like, hey, why do you keep saying Salesforce when I say cloud? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, cause to me it's like, it's a SaaS, right? It's a SaaS, it's a SaaS. But then it's like, well, they also, they bought Heroku. Right? You know, Heroku's yeah. part of, of Salesforce. And you know, this MuleSoft has always kind of been along at the edges where people are like, Oh yeah, all that monitoring stuff or you know, all that logging. Well, we can push that into, you know, our into the bus. And you're like, wait, why why? You know, what where where does that data go? It's like that's that's business. I don't care about that side of the house. But uh, you know, it it's uh I'm I'm sure Salesforce uh you know it's a big acquisition. Um they must have ambitions uh, to go, you know, do something more than just, you know, keep this thing running. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's the real question is like, you know, in this case, I think they're clearly saying the answer to the question I'm about to ask is no, but you know, is it enough just to be the number one CRM vendor? Right. And that's, you know, clearly in this case, if you're going to buy MuleSoft for $6.5 billion and I would imagine, remember there was some talk, last year of them buying Twitter. I think it actually got to the point there was like a real conversation there. And then, you know, Mark Benioff came out and said, you know, I'm not doing it. Um, so I think there's at the top, there's huge ambition to keep growing. I don't, you know, you know, when I look at this, I'm like, I don't know, man, I, it is one of those things that I think Salesforce to your point, like, um, they, I guess they really would be considered the most successful SaaS company. Right. I mean, I don't, I can't think of someone that's maybe done it better. Um, but like, I don't know, as they push into like the more generalized cloud space, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, f- I find it confusing a little bit. Like, would you build your app? I guess a you would. I mean, some people yeah. would build an app I and mean, that's not, um, that's not nothing, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like of the scale of kind of like these other cloud vendors, right? Just like, do they really want to like, you know, compete well, yeah. against and, this?
1: And, and I don't, when I think cloud, I don't think SaaS, but I know that's short-sighted because lines start to get blurry when, when, you know, when Microsoft and and Google, you know, when they report their cloud information, you know, Microsoft's rolling in all that, uh, all that BI, uh, whatever their BI platform is called, that's in there. Right. And, and, you know, and they're counting office 365 and and Google docs and, you know, those, that's when, you know, cloud and SaaS start to get really blurry because they all like at least at Google, you know, they roll up into the same org org chart, and and you know we saw uh there have been some some rumors this last week or so about uh uh there was an interview with with diane green you know who's the the head of google cloud and and she was like yeah we're uh we're planning on making some big investments we're shopping around uh we're you know keeping our eyes out for you know something to to really um for some big deals and people are like wait wait you know what, you know, Google's got deep pockets. They could pick up, you know, some of the deepest pockets. You know, what are they talking about? And interestingly, uh, things that have been floated are are like Red Hat and and Service Now and IBM. And you just think like Google and IBM. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Brandon, is there a beanie in your future? <laughs> Or well, you know what? Not, I've not.
0: I've been to a lot of meetings lately. No one's, no one's clueing me in. But I, you know, the one that really caught my attention of those various rumors was was Red Hat, right? Because um, they rumored that acquisition to be in uh, around thirty billion dollars. And I, you know, so at first I was like, okay, you know, I mean, kind of makes sense. But then I, I was looking at it more, and I was just kind of like looking at the Red Hat portfolio, and you know, it just kind of made me wonder, just in general you know, what is Google trying to do here? And I think, you know, in the case of Salesforce, I think they're really, you know, looking to diversify their business. And it seems like in the case of like the Google cloud, you know, Google cloud business, what I'm guessing is they just want it to be a lot bigger, right? And to some degree, you just got to have a certain amount of revenue and a certain amount of customer account relationships to get bigger. And so that, I guess, if you look through that lens, I guess the red hat thing makes sense. But from a technology standpoint like I don't I don't really know like like I always think of course there's you know the Linux product line and you know that they've had you know since the beginning of Red Hat and then there's some of the cloud things that they've bought but none of those technologies seem like they're adding much to Google like Google either has them in my opinion or doesn't want them right like I don't see like some product line that you're going to add to the Google cloud platform that's going to suddenly really make it grow right,
1: uh, right a lot bigger. I mean, and, and, and culturally, that is, I mean, Red Hat has, you know, Red Hat's thing is they do open source, and they just commoditize everything. And, you know, it's this steady, steady march forward. And, you know, it's not exciting, but, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to support Red Hat 7 for 15 years, right? That's not exactly Google's thing. You know, and and so I think culturally, there's a that's just an insane culture shock. I mean, if if I'm if I'm you a VC guy and I saw this happen, the first thing I do is I say, "Who wants to be the next Red Hat? I'm going to go and fund that company because you know we can do this again. You know, nobody's made another billion-dollar open source company yet, but if if you follow that game plan and you know you do that, you know that slow trudge of you know just doing this and that's why like you know ibm and red hat makes a lot of sense you know it's it's like you know hey we are you know we are inertia in motion (laughs) (laughs) but but and, and and actually like thinking thinking through some of the other acquisitions i think i think service now being bought by salesforce makes a lot of sense Right. Cause that's, right. you know, you're tying your IT workflow into your sales workflow and you know, they're not the same thing, but they're both like things that are the backbone of your business. That makes a lot of sense, but uh, Google's culture. Um, you know, I, I think there's still some, some friction uh, between, you know, the techies and the business people there. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll see if it happens. Red Hat's always a good acquisition rumor, but that's a big one, right? That, yeah. It, it no, would be I, it's, for Google. <laughs> I think it's,
0: um, you know, I think it's always good. Right. And obviously sometimes these leaks are leaks back to the data stuff. Sometimes these uh, things that show up in the press are not necessarily by accident. So, you know, you can kind of look at this to some degree. It's a trial balloon, right? Like, well, like what, you know, like, you know, what would we think of that? And, you know, It's important, though, because I like everyone thinking about, you know, how they're going to make more money, which leads me to this important question, (laughs) Matt Ray. Do you know, Matt Ray, who is sponsoring this episode? And and could you enlighten us as to what those people may do for you, for our (laughs) listeners?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, Brandon. I do know that this episode is brought to you by Datadog. Uh, They are a monitoring platform for cloud scale infrastructure and applications. It's built by engineers for engineers. Datadog provides visibility into more than 200 technologies, including AWS, Chef, and Docker, with built-in metric dashboards and automated alerts. With end-to-end request tracing, Datadog provides visibility into your applications and their underlying infrastructure all in one place. You can sign up for a free trial today at www.datadog.com.
0: That's fantastic. And we love our friends at Datadog. They've been a longtime sponsor for us. And this week, they want you to know a little bit about Kubernetes. Uh, Matt, Ray, have you heard of Kubernetes? Are you familiar with it? Is this uh, something new to you?
1: Something in, in Latin, right?
0: Yes, that's right. Well, if you don't know what Kubernetes is, you're, you're, you're frankly, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Uh, but if you do know, and I know most of you do, uh, the guys at Datadog, they have a whole series of blog posts on you know, how you should monitor Kubernetes. And they tell you all the different kind of statistics and metrics that are important. They'll even uh, you know, tell you make sure all your Kubernetes pods are performing well and let you know when bad things are about to happen inside your containers. So if uh, you're rolling out your cloud-native applications, you're building something out with containers and Kubernetes, you're going to have to monitor it, guys. I hate to break it to you. And uh, the guys at Datadog have a four-part series where you can read all about it. And so go check it out. As Matt Ray told us, go to datadog.com, sdt sign up, get a free T-shirt, and, of course, tell them your friends that Software Defined Talk sent you. So, you know, as you were mentioning there, you're talking about, you know, Red Hat, like where else Red Hat could fit. You know, there was some other news that I think sort of like dovetails on that is this uh, Oracle announced its uh, earnings and you know as so often is the case with you know the older companies you know and present company included here is that their uh, new license sales dropped but uh, their revenue met estimates right so this is unfortunately like you made money but you didn't make the money in the right place and so (laughs) the uh, stock market the people the buy side they do not like that they do not like that and they punish you for that so um Reading through it, though, it sounds like Oracle is in, you know, obviously living here in Austin, not even not so obviously living here in Austin, Texas, Oracle just announced uh, or opened like their big new facility. So Larry Ellison was down here and local news and, you know, it was a big, big party and stuff like that. So they're making, of course, everything is about pushing the Oracle cloud. And they're, I think, going through what like, you know, all the larger vendors have, you know, either attempted or are in the process of doing or are facing is like pushing as much of their product line to the cloud. So mm-hmm. um, as part of this, though, but, you know, back to your thing about Red Hat, I think this is why uh, those acquisitions, when they're talked about, I think it does make more sense. You know, whether you know it's an Oracle, an HP you know, Adele, wherever, right? Where these are large enterprise vendors already that are going to want to continue to grow and add more revenue. So it does seem more logical that the red hat rumors, I think would be more likely for one of these kind of traditional enterprise vendors. Um, Yeah. But I don't know, like, you know, it'd be interesting because I don't, I think like, let's just hypothetically say Oracle did that. I think the analysts would then write something like, uh, Oracle buys Red Hat you know uh, good good for long-term profitability but won't help with their growth prospects right Because I don't <laughs> think necessarily Red Hat like says you're gonna like move to the cloud immediately so I right. think that you know so that's sort of maybe why Red Hat sits out there right it always is gonna continue to sit there like if the cloud vendors can't use it to grow and the legacy vendors can't use it to convince people they're gonna grow and it kind of goes all the way back to the circle. It's like, you know what? It's better that Red Hat just stay out there in North Carolina and just keep doing what they're doing.
1: Exactly, exactly. And 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 there may be uh, – Oracle's probably one of the uh, the less likely uh, suitors given the history of bad blood between those two companies. Um, but, you know, stranger things have happened.
0: I know. I You know, I think that, but then you know, I was there uh, at Sun kind of like toward the end right before the Oracle <laughs> acquisition, and it was – you know, I don't know. I guess it wasn't quite as much bad blood, but there was certainly the MySQL thing was yep. was sort of just like, a I don't know. Can we call it a train wreck? It was just not good. Uh, so, but I don't know. I don't know. You know, interesting to look back on it. Like, I don't know if Oracle has any regrets. It's almost like, yeah, it was oh, a big no. fight, but, yeah. but we won, right? So I don't think <laughs> they...
1: Um, you know, somewhere there's a big spreadsheet in the sky that says, like, Oracle, you know, spent whatever six billion dollars oracle made seven billion dollars right? i mean <laughs> it's just it's that simple right and that's all that matters to oracle and then they're like oh all the goodwill and all the you know open solaris drama and you know my sequel forking is like not our problem seven is bigger than six right <laughs> <laughs> it is it is like the
0: ruthless the ruthless <laughs> private equity it's, yeah i mean
1: you know look, I point at seven, I point at six, you know, it, whatever the, that is. Um, and you know, there are, obviously there's a lot of people involved, <laughs> uh, and a lot of hurt feelings, but, <clears throat> um, Oracle's always been very pure of vision. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see how, see what the next, uh, acquisition looks like, but you know, I, I, I joke, but you know, Oracle's trying, they're, they're trying to be a, a friendlier new Oracle. And you know what? 10 years ago, we would have said the same thing about Microsoft. Right. And so, uh, you know, companies change, people change. Um, but, uh, as, as, uh, as friend of the show, um, Brian Cantrell once said, you know, don't anthropomorphize Larry Ellison. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: That's good. I haven't heard that.
1: Well said. Oh, that that's a classic talk uh, where he looks back on the history of, of the open Solaris, uh, by way of sun and, and, uh, Oracle, we'll have to put that in the show notes. Um, yeah, yeah. A classic talk.
0: I like it. I like it. Yeah. <sighs> so the, we'll yeah. see, we'll see yeah. what happens with Oracle. Uh, a couple other things here before we wrap up, you know, I'm going to do some, uh, I got to pay some other bills. You know, I'm going to say, uh, IBM had, we had our big IBM think conference out in Las Vegas where Matt Ray, you've been to think I've seen you at think, I think, so yeah, whatever. Uh, we didn't go, IBM that,
1: renames their conferences a lot. I've been at some... I IBM know, but this is a
0: good name. Don't 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 hate Matt Ray. It's a good <laughs> one. This is a simple. It's just one word, think. Uh, but there's a whole bunch of announcements. But I, something I actually, in the group I'm in, so we announced a, a new developer console for Apple, and it's kind of exciting. It's, yeah. uh, so I, I like it because, you know... When you work at IBM, everyone like either wants to like ask you about Watson or make like some kind of Watson joke. But like for this crowd, I just think this is real simple. You can now take the uh, Watson algorithms, right, the models that are built, and you can really it makes it real easy to put it into Apple's Core ML. So if you are such the person that wants to create a model in Watson, now you can take it and put it in your great new Apple iOS app, and it's all going to work. And you can even use the IBM Cloud to do it. So. If you are that kind of person, try it out. I think it's good. Uh, I know the people that did it, so you know, so it must be good. Um, and it's real tangible, right? I think sometimes people often point out to me when they ask me about Bob Dylan and Watson, they're like, they don't, they're like, I don't understand. So I'm going to tell you <laughs> what you can do. You can build the model. You can export it, and it go right into the Apple iOS Core ML, and it'll be great. So, uh, so check it out. And uh, thank you for uh, for. Uh, humoring me and letting everyone uh, try that out and <clears throat> and then there's some other stuff that got announced that i'm hoping you know more about one Doc, docker cloud is shutting down i gotta be honest i didn't even know docker i didn't know this thing existed so I, I, i'm not gonna miss it much but like what exactly was <laughs> docker cloud was this like the original thing that they built before uh, the containers like what did it yeah. actually do
1: no they they uh they acquired a company early days called uh Tutum, Tutum, uh, T-U-T-U-M. And it Mm -hmm. was kind of like uh, Docker um, data center as a service. I guess that's what that product became. And, you know, they were kind of like, oh, you'll just, you know, you'll use our our platform to manage, you know, your infrastructure. And, you know, it turns out people don't go down that path as much. And, you know, usually they're going to run it on-prem if they're, if, if they're running it on-prem, they're, they're going to use, you know, a Docker data center or a rancher or, you know, meso or DCOS. They're not going to run a SAS version of it. And if they're running it in the cloud, they'll probably use the cloud provider one. So, um, not a lot of, I don't, I don't, you know, I think we linked to a, a Reddit, which is, you know, a, uh, reputable source of, of news. Um, you know, so I, I haven't seen a lot of news about it because I don't think it's that big a deal. I don't think that's where a lot of customers are. I mean, you know, uh, similarly, like if, you know, chef, our original business plan was, we would have a SaaS version of our product and, you know, we still do, <laughs> but right. it's not the focus at all. Right? <laughs> um, you know, the focus is like the right. enterprise getting into the enterprise because uh, that's where the money is. And so, that's probably what this is. Um, uh, you know, um, not not big news because this news is already kind of come and gone. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't where the money was. Uh, That's
0: good. All right, good. Because I was worried. I was like, because I didn't even know this existed. At all. Is anyone <laughs> using this? Should I? Should I? Should I have read off on this? Uh, yeah. But now something that i think we probably do care about or we kind of have to care about is uh windows server 2019 it's like it's now available in preview i haven't i can't say i've looked at it uh but like is is this going to come with like a whole bunch of new stuff like hypervisors this is going to be crazy like everyone's going to be upgrading what what are you seeing over in australia are people worried about this (laughs)
1: uh not yet right Uh, first of all it's 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 preview right so um Mm -hmm. they just announced that uh you know windows server 2019 is uh available to download and you know kick the tires on um i think what's what's interesting to our listeners is it continues to show microsoft's commitment i guess to cloud and kubernetes and containers and you know they're they're pretty much just saying, "Hey, we have a easier to operate operating system that is going to be you know a platform for running other stuff and so you know it's you know if if Microsoft didn't have Azure, <laughs> this would be their you know big news <laughs> to them, but you know this isn't the focus anymore yeah. um, they're they're just kind of like you know our platform will continue to evolve, and you know Microsoft has gotten a lot faster on the release cadence you know so they're they're releasing things more frequently and you just kind of ride the wave now rather than wait for you know well 2019 we're going to make plans to adopt 2019 server and that'll be our standard for the next 10 years you know those days they still exist for some people but you know they're they're uh people are you know people who are in 2016 can look at 2019 and they're like yeah easy Right. Um, right. We already have a migration path and uh, and the Kubernetes integration that that's that's obviously uh, interested, interesting to our Latin speakers. Um, so, uh, you know, the, there's that, that's going to be interesting. Uh, the, All right. The, good. I, I, mean, I feel I feel I more. Stuff, g- you know, the I Linux s- stuff's in mainstream. So it's I don't know. It's cloud native, man.
0: That's right. So we don't we don't have to be freaked out. Everyone no. can can just like prepare for a normal upgrade. It'll be really yeah. relaxing for all of us.
1: Yeah. Uh, the the future is uh, frequent upgrades, all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, well, I think that sort of wraps up the news. A couple yeah. things that we didn't get to that are really important is uh, Jeff uh, Bezos. He got a robot dog, so you guys should all check that out. And um, and the important. WhatsApp. The WhatsApp co-founder who like, I think he was paid like 60 or $6 billion or something. You know, he says he should delete Facebook, but I'm going to tell everyone right now, you give me $6 billion, I'm leaving that on my phone, baby. Don't worry. It's not going anywhere. So, uh, But uh, we got some conferences coming up. Kote wants wants you to know that he's going to be in uh, Dallas on April 3rd and 4th on the Spring One Tour, and then he's going to be in San Antonio at InnoTech. And then Matt, right. Where are you going to be? looks like you're going to be somewhere far away.
1: Uh, well, I'm going to be at the, uh, uh, the Sydney AWS summit. Um, going to be man in the booth. I think that's April 10th uh, through the 12th. Um, so, you know, if you're in, uh, if you're, if you're in AWS and you're in Sydney tickets are free. So, you know, I'll be at the partner day, but I'll also be at the, the general, uh, the general, devops 2018 and uh you know something to look forward to and kote will be joining me in lovely jakarta so uh uh we'll we'll be doing that um and then you know may we got Chefconf. uh kote's talking uh he's gonna be a continuous Lifecycle london it's all in the show notes uh be sure to check that stuff out um yeah any anything else we need to talk about brandon
0: Sounds like those would be some good conferences. And then, uh, you know, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening. But if uh, you didn't get enough of us talking, you can check out our Software Defined Interviews podcast, where uh, we talk about all kinds of stuff. And this week, I'd recommend go back and listen to the episode about four. You can always sign up for our newsletter. You can join us in Slack. And you can buy a t-shirt. And if you want to, go out and you can use the code SDTFSG, get 20% off. And if you don't want to give us any money and you don't want to listen to anything, but you just want free stuff, email me at stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com. And I will send you a sticker. Just sent some off the other day to some people out in the United Kingdom. Always enjoy connecting with the listeners. Always enjoy seeing where you guys actually live um and with that let's uh go to recommendations oh matt (laughs) from the show notes here yeah yeah looks like you have an interesting recommendation what exactly is that
1: uh so i think it's fox maybe um one of those websites that does news and stuff has a documentary series on youtube uh that dives into like the more esoteric sides of of the music industry. I I think I recommended one of their um, videos previously uh, on like the Radiohead uh, videotape song, how it's a slow song, but it's actually in like 240 beats per minute. And, you know, it just happens to be played on the eighth on the, uh, you know, so they've got an episode on trout, Trout uh mask replica, the the Captain Beefheart album about why it's like this classic and it's you know, it's not really that listenable, but um they had an episode on Jay Dilla's use of the uh the um uh sequencer uh synthesizer. So if you if you like really just kind of the edge of of music stuff, um it's it's a nice little documentary series. Uh, I I recommend it. Um they're about ten minutes an episode, so good stuff, good stuff. Uh, if you're, if you're into uh, music.
0: Nice. I like it. No, I am going to check it out. It sounds like uh, kind of like song exploder, which is one of my yes. favorite podcasts. So you like learn about music in a fun, exactly. way, in a fun, exciting way. Well, my recommendation is, uh, you know, much more practical. I will say, uh, you know, I did some, uh, some Costco shopping as I love to do on the weekends and I got myself a brand new office chair. So I highly recommend uh, the metrics to black mesh cash Chair. As I like to say, it's really a, a poor man's uh, Aeron, you know, Herman Miller thing. It's like I don't know, sixty nine dollars on sale, but uh, gives me better posture. And I've I've just felt this week I felt you know a little bit more comfortable uh, that I've actually uh, had proper posture for once. So you know, if you need a new chair and you're at the Costco getting the free samples, like you know, occupying your family, just walk over there. They had a big box of them. It only took about ten minutes to. Uh, put together and it was uh, fantastic. So check it out. So, and you know, I'll just give uh, Cote. I don't know what this is. It's got uh, kind of has like Cote in the name, La, <laughs> La- Entre Cote. I don't even know how to say it, but evidently it looks like a restaurant he ate at in France. So uh, we'll just, <laughs> we'll put it in there and we'll get the full scoop from him next week. There you go. And with that, thanks for listening and we will talk to you next time. Bye.